Welcome to the Eventful Entrepreneur. My name's Dodge. I've been an entrepreneur for over 30 years and thrown thousands of parties across the UK. And I'm also the owner of the Bournemouth Sevens Festival. Everyone who knows me knows I love people, having a laugh <laughs> and asking lots of questions. So I've been chatting to people with one thing in common. They've all lived eventful lives. This week, I'm delving into the eventful life of Dom Matcham. Dom is the founder of Invades, a fantastic sports events business that brings a new energy to sporting events across the world. He's a proper go-getter and an impressive young entrepreneur with a massive future. We chat about our similar routes into business, our shared Loughborough Uni experiences, and how he's using his growing list of uni contacts to give young students access to some of the biggest and best sporting events in the world. He really is smashing the student market. If you want to hear more like this, please make sure you subscribe to the Event for Entrepreneur podcast and leave us a cheeky review. We read all of them. If you want to get hold of me personally, you can get me on Instagram at Dodge Woodall. I reply to every message. Here he is, the man himself, Mr. Dom Matcham. Dom, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks very much for having me, Dodge. Yeah, it's good to see you. Yeah. Where did you come down from today? I uh, came down from London, Battersea, so that's where I'm living now. Lovely, good man. Let's roll all the way back. Let's get cracking now. Where did, how did you first get into sport and then events? So I grew up in, in Cornwall and Devon um, and, yeah, lived in Cornwall, went to school in Devon, uh, played football for Plymouth Argyle um, and I was part of their youth academy, so trained from the age of nine through to the age of 16 and then was told I wasn't going to get uh, a YT contract, so that's mm. like the youth youth uh, contract. Um, my granny or nanny at the time lived in Buckinghamshire and she was, we were visiting her one one uh, weekend and there was these trials down the road for, it's called Football's Next Star. So yeah. it was a win the opportunity to go on trial at Inter Milan, uh, big sky show uh, produced by a company called Endemol and um, Jamie Redknapp was the host. No, you know him. Well, I don't know. Or his dad. <laughs> or the whole <laughs> lot of them. The lot. <laughs> All the red naps. Um, so yeah, he was the, the main host on it. And it was sort of like X Factor for football, basically. So I think there was 12,000 people applied. Um, I went through the rounds. So I was, uh, yeah, I think it went from 12,000 to 40 to 20 to 10. Oh, wow. Did you get to the last And 10? I was in the final 10. Went to uh, Italy. So went and trained with Inter Milan for a week. Unfortunately, I was the first one to be kicked off. Were you? The week before they met Mourinho. Oh, you're so joking, I mate. Like, <laughs> I just gutted. met like, I saw Figo from about 40 yards. <laughs> so what, so was that, was that your, was that your main part of getting into sport really? Was your football route from Plymouth, yeah, yeah. from Plymouth to Milan? There we go. <laughs> and then Rotherham. And then, and then I ended up in Rotherham after that. So, the, the so, what, so tell me about the show with Jamie. Yeah. What, how come you got kicked off first? How did it? Did you have to do certain skills, or did you have to, have to play the game? Or yeah, so it was you know we we're training with the Inter Milan youth team and academy, uh, constantly being assessed, and there was like matches during the week. There was training, um, and I think I yeah just I probably was the weakest player of those final ten at that time, um, and yeah got voted off. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a public vote it was done by the coaches mm. um, but as an experience it was incredible to see sort of professional sport at you know probably one of Europe's largest clubs yeah. also to see the way in which 
uh, a show of that quality going out on Sky is produced yeah. from yeah. like the back. The, the you know I saw it all, um, and then also how that was marketed. So obviously, it was a they invested a lot of money into it and wanted lots of people to watch it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. But weirdly, it was slightly before the age of sort of social media. Not not before social what year, media. What year are we talking here? It was two thousand and uh, when was it? I think it was two thousand and eleven. Okay. Probably aired. Um, but the I think the the thing that shows that is I I didn't have Instagram at the time. Yeah. I had it was all like the Facebook era. Yeah. So I had like <laughs> I must have been like five thousand people add me on Facebook. And I accepted them all because I was like, you don't want to turn away your fans. Yeah. Fans. Yeah, I didn't yeah. have any fans. Yeah. But now I've just got, <laughs> I've got all these people from that show on my Facebook account still. <laughs> so I don't see any of my actual mates. I just see like Sharon from Halifax, <laughs> <laughs> who's got a dog who's really pissed off about COVID. And I'm like, oh, I oh God, <laughs> I wish these were, I wish it was Instagram because I could have, you know, yeah. got loads of free stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. So was that, a, was that a good experience for you? Yeah, mate. Amazing. Did that, did that open your eyes up to wanting to get into putting events on? What was your next route after this? Was it university? Did you go straight into events? What was your route? Um, so after that, I um, I went to uh, to Cardiff on trial after the show aired. Then went to Rotherham, um, and then I think I sort of realised that I probably wasn't good enough to make it as a pro in football. Like being a pro in football is really difficult. Yeah. percent of a British player to get, yeah. And you're not just competing against the UK, like you're competing against kids from all around the world. And obviously it's the league and the country where people want to play. What position were you? Uh, I was centre mid. Okay. So, um, also I I probably think physically I just wasn't, I wasn't wasn't good enough and physically I wasn't big enough. You must have been a half decent player, mate. I was all right. Ask Jamie, but he probably doesn't remember me. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely doesn't yeah, yeah, of course you won't. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I went to Loughborough, and I think from for me, Loughborough was like I was relatively academic, but didn't probably apply myself in school as much as I could have done. Um, but Loughborough was, yeah, I think it was top five in the country for the sport uh, for the course that I wanted to do. So that was international business, and obviously the football and the sport, as you know, there's incredible. Yeah. Um, so yeah, went to Loughborough, did a four year degree. Uh, with a year in industry, so I did a year at Morgan Stanley, which is sort of like when I went to. <laughs> Jeez, Morgan Stanley, is that where you went? Yeah, but I, I sort of like, I had this grand, I don't know, I was like, I'm not going to be a footballer, I'm going to be an investment banker then. Yeah. So then I went to Loughborough, did my degree, got got a placement there, and I got there and was like, I hate this, I yeah. really hate it. And I think at that point, I realised that I think the events world was probably more interesting for me. Yeah. I think it taught me about how to access large groups of people quite easily yeah. and understand sort of relatively the tribes which go on in a university. Because yeah. at Loughborough, you do have that. You've got the music people, you've got the sport people, yeah. you've got the well, mainly, well, mainly it's the sports people. Yeah. When I went there, my ears pricked up. I thought, Jesus Christ, there's 12,000 people on campus or at university, yeah. four or 5,000 people on campus with 12 halls of residence that we can sell what something to. God. I was in Faraday to start. And I did a rugby season in New Zealand and I come back and was in Bill Murray. I was in Bill Murray. Were you? What room? Oh God, I couldn't remember. I, I, I had a I actually had a I had a room of all these lights you could lay in your bed and all these lights would turn on and off, and then you'd have a seat where the shower was and stuff. It was Yeah. <laughs> One of the posh ones, I reckon. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but um yeah, this was back in the nineties, late nineties this was. Hmm. But when I went there, I was just like it was literally like butlins on steroids. <laughs> 
because you just had all these people partying, mm. everyone who was like-minded, mm. and it just blew me away that everyone just bonded so well at mm. a university, you know. So where, so for me, I started my career uh, in the events industry really while I was at Loughborough Uni. What about yourself? Yeah, it was, it was at Loughborough that I sort of started the brand and started doing events. The brand? What brand? Invades. Okay. So Invades is my brand, which... I work on full time now, which yeah. is a privilege, and I absolutely love doing it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say I, I started Invades in the format in which it is now in 2019. So that was like our first. Yeah. But I, yeah, at, at Loughborough, I did hall balls. You know, the sports yeah. balls, the hall, hall the residence balls, summer and winter. In this day and age, it's never been easier to reach thousands of people yeah. very quickly. But you you need that same graft and intensity, or else. I just don't think you're going to be successful. And yeah. all, but also, we were chatting about earlier part of the event crowd course yeah. is like building that. I, I don't think you can underestimate the power of relationships yeah. in events yeah. and having those good relationships with key stakeholders. Is it, you know, the social sector, the rugby team, or is it, you know, the head of the Labour Society? Like, you need to find a way yeah. of making a connection with all those people. In this day and age, it's there's FaceTime. Yeah. Like, you don't need to go and it's nice to go for a pint or it's nice to go for yeah. a coffee, but you can do it all through FaceTime. And yeah. like, I think the generation coming through now should be using those technologies to build those relationships. Yeah. And the technology is almost enabling you to have more of those yeah. relationships. Like, well, it's, make, it's making life easier. So mm. when, when social media come about in 2008, when Facebook really hit, hit the scene, mm. all of a sudden people are like, oh my God, oh my God, I can press a button and I can invite a thousand people to an event. So everyone wanted to be a promoter. Yeah. You know? But going back to your point there, it's all about relationships. It's relationships with the nightclub owner. Mm. It's relationships with the head doorman. It's relationships with the DJs. It's relationships with uh, the halls of residence. It's mm. relationships with everyone. Mm. But I did it face to face. And What's happened now is that people aren't doing face-to-face -face meetings. And don't get me wrong, these Zoom calls and the and the FaceTimes and the lives, that's all wonderful because you're reaching a hundred times more people than you would do doing it face-to-face. -face. But anyone listening to this, make sure you make the effort and go and do face-to-face -face meetings because the relationship lasts longer because you've bonded. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I, agree. I, I, I think, though, the... The, the pandemic has forced us into using this technology and it's it but it shouldn't completely replace in person and mm. for my business in invades it is that is our whole thesis basically is digital channels and social media can never replace going to a stadium or going to a festival yeah. like you can't there's not the technology out there to give you that level of stimuli almost yeah. like the roar of the crowd or is it that when that DJ drops that tune and everyone goes wild? Yeah, you, yeah, we can chat on Zoom and yeah, we yeah. can you know do these virtual festivals, but they're not as good, and no one—they're never going to be as good. What a load of old tosh! <laughs> virtual events, virtual festivals. My God, everyone in this whole pandemic, this last year, the amount of people that I've seen try to jump on as an expert for virtual events, mate. No, stop, stop. I understand live events that's my baby mm. you know 1500 parties around the uk and 14 festivals that's what i've got under my belt nothing will beat that experience of a dj dropping a track 
or a band dropping a track and you're there with your mates having beers having a laugh mm. and getting that euphoria feeling mm. nothing will beat that end you, of you, yeah you can't. end of so everyone has jumped on this virtual thing trying to think that they're going to be super clever and just be do these virtual events and people are going to love them i don't buy into it but i do buy into hybrid mm. now hybrid what they're trying to say is everyone goes to a festival and has a right laugh mm. As a promoter, can you film that so people can sit at home and watch it? Yeah, you can do. Are they going to get the same experience? Of course they're not. Are they going to get a, a different feel? Of course they are. Do they feel part of it? Yeah, maybe a little bit. But as a promoter, mm. as an event organizer, why are you going to go and put 200 grand into cameras and uh, recordings and staff and everything else just to create a hybrid feel? There's a lot of promoters out at the moment won't go anywhere near it because it's too expensive yeah. now there's a lot of promoters out there saying well okay well we can run our business model on doing this with um getting sponsors mm. listen we've all been around sponsors for years sponsorship is a wonderful thing mm. but i just see it as um something that is not guaranteed mm. you know you might get a sponsor come on board and do a three-year deal I might get a sponsor to come on board to do a one-year deal for 100 grand. You think, fantastic, that 100 grand will cover the cost to make it hybrid so we can show everyone at home on their computers how good this festival is and how much they're missing out on. But that sponsor will go next year. Then you don't have a business model. Yeah, yeah. It's you know? unsustainable. It's unsustainable model. business model. And there's a lot of people out there who are relying on sponsorship as a business model. And anyone who relies on sponsorship as a business model, I look at it and go, I would not touch that with a barge pole. Mm. And I've got friends relying on putting on events, relying on sponsorship. Mm. There's no longevity waiting for that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you need a you need a core you need a, a fundamentally sound business. And then the sponsors are just a bit of cream a cherry on, on top. the top. Yeah, a bit of cream on top. A cherry on the top. So for example, Bournemouth Sevens, we get a huge amount of sponsorship mm. from different brands. It's wonderful. It's a win win situation. They get great exposure. Um, but you can't rely on sponsors. Mm. You have to rely on ticket sales. You have to rely on uh, the catering units all coming and paying you. You have to rely on sponsorship. Don't rely on sponsorship, but you have to. There's a part of it that sponsorship is part of your business model. But some years you might get half a million quid worth of sponsors. Some years you might get hundred grand. You can't base it your figures on sponsorship. So it's really it's the it's the looking at ticket sales. It's looking at VIP upgrades. It's looking at VVIP upgrades. It's looking at camping. It's looking at glamping. It's looking at all the catering units coming in on board, and it's looking at the bar. That's what I'm so impressed. Like when I look at the Bournemouth Sevens business model is it's really smart because you own every touch point. It's not, and it's not just financial, it's also the control yeah. of how you want to deliver each of those. So like, you know, I don't want massive queues at my bars, so I'm gonna have more bars, yeah. I'm gonna have more staff, yeah. or, you know, I want the VIP to look like this and it can't be watered down and can't feel like we're taking the piss. Yeah. Like, I think, I think that, and also from a sponsorship perspective, you don't want to sponsor a business or sponsor a festival, which is, basically being topped up by you. Yeah. Like if we pull out, the whole thing falls down. Absolutely. Yeah. It's all about people. Mm. This whole event, the, the whole world that I'm in, the events world, the whole world you're in the events world, it's just about, it's all about people. Mm. I love people. Mm. I love quirky people, I love mad people, I like sensible people. I love people, mm. you know, and our business model is around people. You know, we've got 800 staff every day at the festival. Mm. 30,000 people and... 800? 800 staff. So is that across like... That's not full-time staff, it's contractors. Yeah, 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 across catering, across referees, across umpires, across bar staff, across security, across police, uh, volunteers, everything. Mm. You know? It's mad. Though. Yeah, it is madness. And how do you how do you actually manage that dodge on the day? Because I was, I was saying in as part of the 
the event crowd session we were doing earlier was like I actually enjoy events more when I'm not if I'm in the thick of it yeah. and I'm trying to speak to everyone and you're doing that thing of like you're the entertainer you're the organizer yeah. you're the health and safety guy it's a horrible experience and you're not doing any of them well because you're like you're flicking between it I actually like being away from my events and I enjoy my events and they're more successful when I'm not there mm. and I'm managing it from like afar a bit but mm. on the day of like are you not up in a big tower or no <laughs> I'm full on hands on mate I like to greet people coming into the festival I like to talk to everyone I love to go around and chat to people how are they doing people come up to me constantly asking questions oh, I love the festival thanks for putting this on oh, I met my wife here five years ago we've now got two kids the, the, you get all these stories or does you know, can we have a selfie with you and, and with all our team? And it's just a really nice vibe. So you're more, you, you'd say you've, but what you've done is built a team around you, which mean that you can go off and do the bit that you're passionate about, right? Which is the, it's like the people, the, it's almost like the, the front of house bit effectively. Like No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was front of house. I've got my areas that are really important to me. And that's, mm. that's uh, making sure everyone's safe. Yeah. making sure I'm working really closely with all security. It's 200 security. Mm. Making sure that uh, all the bars are working, all the bar staff are behind the bars ready and pouring pints and everyone's there working. We've got the operation going. Yeah, yeah. Then that's in the daytime and then that cranks up into the nighttime. We're making sure the hundred odd DJs are turned up on time and the right music is in the right tents. Yeah, yeah. Making sure, just making sure everything's, I'm happy with everything. I go around constantly writing notes how I can improve it next year. People are like, you're mad, just enjoy it. I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> and that's why we come to year 14. Mm. You know, there's not many festivals to say these days. They're year 14. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we're constantly improving. I've got an amazing team around me. Mm. You know, my managing director, Craig's been me 11 years. Paul's been events director seven years. And I've got this wonderful team around me. There's only seven full-time staff, remember, at Bournemouth Sevens. Mm with 800 on the weekend. So we gear up the whole year, 362 days of the year, we gear up, ready to put on that festival to earn our money on those three days of the year. So it's huge risk. Yeah, 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 it is. Mm. It's un There's not really many business models like that, is there? No. You go for a, a full year and the only the only downside is the pandemic, of course, yeah. that we've all yeah. like suffered. But I think, I don't know, a lot of, I, th I think a lot of people in the event industry have taken the time to sort of, I don't know, improve. I Everyone think. has. Work on the brand, work on other avenues, you know, the event crowd stuff, which you guys are doing. Yeah. That is, I think it's a really, um, I think it's a brilliant platform. And for people who are interested in the events industry, and certainly myself, if looking back and when I was younger, it would have been massively helpful for my development. Yeah. And I think the problem, there isn't really a university course and there's not really an academic institution who have the experience and the knowledge of the sector, the, the true, you know, yes, there's people out there who help you write a risk assessment, or there's courses out there who help you, you know, do crisis management. But if you want to be the guy and you want to build a real, a big brand and be, build a big business around you, I don't think you're going to get that from a university course. And no. I've done the university course. I've, you know, from a good institution, and a course which you would say is relevant to what I do now. Yeah. But I don't, there's very few bits of information or knowledge that I learned in my university degree that I'm now applying to what yeah. I'm doing now, yeah. I think. But that's why I feel that university's uh, education system is outdated. Yeah. You know, same as the school system, same as the uh, university system. And all of a sudden the pandemic has made everyone go, hold on a minute, everyone's doing online courses. Hold on a minute, we're gonna learn more in three months on an online course than we will do doing 
three years at uni spending £27,000 on tuition fees and leaving uni with £50,000 worth of debt. Yeah, yeah. In in previous years, like going to, not not many people went to university. No, like well, if you, you look at our it, parents' generation. Well, you look at, you look at my life. I went in, in the 90s. If you went to uni, back then it was like, oh my God, you got into uni. Yeah, wow, yeah. you must be really clever. No, I wasn't. I just, it slipped into it because it was PE and I, I got into Loughborough because of sport. And, and you end up, Get you know, getting a degree. I got a two-two, which I was really happy with. <laughs> <laughs> a party boys degree, but you know, back I'll then, something. <laughs> <laughs> but back then, it was meant you got a degree. Mm. You know, I loved my time at uni. I loved partying, loved meeting people for life, and they're friends for life. Mm. I got friends for life from uni, and I love the whole experience. But my point is, is that the education, unless you're going to become a doctor or a vet or a dentist or mm. a lawyer, apart from those core ones yeah yeah everything else there's like three thousand different degrees out there about painting toenails or or you know there's mad degrees out there and mm. that really are they going to benefit you when you mm. have finished your time to then go and look for a job yeah yeah you know but there's, let's just let's just roll back a bit here because i want to know more about you and your brand invades mm. so you created the brand invades just explain to me what invades is and does so invades is all about um it's about inspiring really the next generation of sports fans and what i've noticed i think across all sports globally is a decline in physical attendances and also the next generation are so hard to reach even though they're so connected gen z's and millennials are notoriously difficult to engage with and connect with just hold me on there gen z's and millennials what age group is a gen z i'd say gen z's probably up to the age of what? Up to the age of probably like 24, 25. Okay. And then millennials. And the millennial is up to the age of? Up to the age of probably, I think it's 35 to 40. Okay, okay. So that, we're probably more towards the Gen Z end of that. Yeah. But um, Invades is really about helping helping those big sporting organisations speak to that younger audience. Okay. And I think from a brand perspective, we're trying to change sort of the stereotypes of those sports and make them more accessible and more fun for young people. So. Yeah the way in which we market, the way in which we run events um, is all catered to that younger demographic. And if you look at the big brands, big sporting organisations, they've got such a broad um, audience, effectively, all the all the way from the kids, you know, five and six-year-olds, right up to 80-year-old members. And the way in which all those groups want to be marketed to is very different. Yeah. What we're doing is focusing on... 18, 18 to 24 year to 24, 25, yeah. and we're de designing and delivering events which is relevant to them. So, Brilliant. So give me an example. So what, how did you know you first had a business model here? How old were you? Where were you? And what was your first event with Evades? Evades? Uh, this, it, so in June 2019, yeah. we had uh, an event with three universities, so Loughborough, Nottingham Trent, and University of Notts, uh, to Nottingham Racecourse. Yeah. And I said, I think I can bring you 1,500 people and I... And uh, on a day which you'd maybe usually get 500. Yeah. So they go, well, if you're, you know, if you're any good, then that's brilliant. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, it's fine. We haven't lost anything. Yeah. Um, so agreed a, a significant discount on the ticket. So I said, look, I'm going to bring you all these people. I want a 95% discount on the... Entry. 95? Wow. It Fair depends. Play. Yeah. Give an example how much the price would have been if you were a normal bod walking into that event. If you're a normal bod walking in, you might have been... I think it's around twenty pounds. Okay, and you were getting so we're tickets off at... the race course for how much? Ooh, 
couple of quid. One, one to two. One uh, or two quid. Yeah. Amazing. And then so, you were selling those tickets to and the students we, and for... Then, and then we put that in a package with students, with transport, DJs, party, uh, information about the sport as well. So yeah. like a lot of people haven't been to the races. Yeah. Um, so we're selling that at maybe 15, 16 pounds. So, you know, the from a, from a customer perspective, they're getting access to an event which should cost them 20 yeah. for less through a platform and a service which is more relevant to them so it's a cooler brand it's a cooler brand yeah. like we're we're there to not disrupt but we're sort of like bringing a bit of a new stance on something which is quite traditional yeah and i think if you look at the, the traditional sports racing cricket darts is a weird one yeah but i think matchroom have done an amazing job of making that relevant cool fun for they, they create darts like you know in the format it is now um but just trying to sort of bring a, a different perspective really to mm. it. And I think our brand just speaks more directly to young people than the conventional brands can. Because yeah. they you know, they don't wanna they don't want to have a brand which is Gen Z focused. Yeah. Because if they have a brand which is Gen Z focused, They'd their lose fifty year old members yeah. go, Why are we talking about TikTok the whole time? Yeah. Or what's this drum and bass you're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Why is everyone twisted? <laughs> <laughs> Potentially that <laughs> Potentially, as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we 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 we're, we're a vehicle to access those young people, and it's all about reducing surplus supply. So obviously, on their trophy days, Royal Ascot, you know, an England cricket international, it's sold out. We're useless. Yeah. Why are you going to sell me a ticket at ninety five percent discount yeah. when you get full price? Yeah. Um, so we're looking at shoulder fixtures and events which haven't got that. That's why I like, you know, collaboration with. Bournemouth Sevens is probably, it's not our usual market. You don't need people. Yeah. And if I come along and go, Dodge, sell it to me 95% off, you're going to go, Do one. not a chance. <laughs> you can pay me 95% more if you want. <laughs> so it's just like for, and, and and I get that because you've got you've got 800 staff there and you've got an infrastructure which you're paying for, for one time of the year. Whereas a stadium has invested in that asset years, you know, yeah. it's paid for. Yeah. They're, they're just ticking over. So, it doesn't, and yeah, yeah. So we we look for those scenarios really of like where the supply and demand. So when did you know? When up. did you know you hit jackpot on this? Because I know you've been really successful in a very short period of time here, Dom. When did you know you were onto something? I think it was uh, after the. So we sold out the first event, the fifteen hundred, in two days. Yeah. Um, Do you know how much you how much you cleared profit on that first event, roughly? Um, probably around twenty. 25 grand 25 good for you mate um and then that you might that must have been the point where think jesus christ i've just earned 25 bags here. yeah like why am i why am i in one day why yeah. am i going to work every day yeah <laughs> but it was like, <laughs> why don't i just do more of that yeah <laughs> um and also i think i just i'm not uh i'm terrible at sitting at a desk i'm probably a terrible employee mm. so what's you know i was i was in my job and i was just like I was not arguing with my boss each day because yeah. he was a good bloke, but I was just like, I just wasn't enjoying it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I knew that I wasn't giving myself, um, I was only putting like, I don't know, 20% effort into my role. Yeah, I've got this 80% of like unused me yeah. that I wasn't doing anything with. Whereas when it's your own thing, firstly, it never feels like work. Yeah. Ever since I quit my job, I felt like I haven't worked there in my life, yeah. which is brilliant. Yeah. And probably you feel you yeah. have that. Absolutely, because it's your like baby passion. Yeah, it's your passion. It's not work. It's just and if you're relentless, 
and you're doing something and you, you're obsessed, you're obsessed by your job, <laughs> by your work, because it's sport and party and events and it doesn't feel like you're going into work. It doesn't feel like, the only, the only time the pressures really come about are the financial pressures. Mm. Now, financial pressures do come along because when you employ more staff, you then have got the pressures of, is there a pandemic coming? Mm. Or is a plane going to land on your festival site out of the blue? You know, these things do we go through your mind. That, we haven't, but we're right next to the airport. <laughs> Where's wood round here? Crisis. Touch some wood quickly. <laughs> but you know, these yeah, things, yeah. as a as a festival owner, these things do go through your mind. It's you so strange. I th- I, well, that's another thing I think people don't realise about the event sector is it is incredibly stressful. You do have to work antisocial hours, and but. You know, it's all part of. I, I wouldn't say actually those pressures are just in the event sector. Mm. Running any business, mm. you've got to let it consume you, or else you're not going to be yeah, successful. Totally agree. Like, totally agree. You got to remember, fifty percent of businesses fail in eighteen months. Do they? Yeah. Well, we've got past that. Yeah. Eighty percent fail within the first five years. So we've. I haven't passed that yet. Don't and I? I think it's like two or three percent make it past ten years. Mm. So it just goes. To, it just goes to show that no one's really telling you this information out there. That people, are, there's lots of startups, and I, I mentor a lot of people who come in and say, "Dodge, what your thoughts?" Are, and I help them out for free. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of businesses. People just think, "Oh, I'm going to do this business because I think I'm going to make this work." When you make that choice of going into a business, and you've invested that first amount of money, you are in. Mm-hmm. My advice to anyone out there is do your homework and do your homework and do more research than anyone else out there mm-hmm. before you start your business. Hundred yeah. percent. I I don't get the. I don't think it needs to be this moment. Like I'm starting a business and then I'm quitting my job, yeah. or I'm quitting my job and then going to start a business. You've got twenty four hours in a day. Like if you're working nine to five, we've well, still got quite a lot of room either side yeah. to actually just like develop it and learn. And it doesn't, you know, you test the water, make your side thing, and then oh look, it's getting too big. Oh, I'm not saying you know, I think I've just been really fortunate in my route because I know that. Say if you're starting an app or you're, you know, a business which requires a lot of upfront investment, yeah. it's not as easy as that's the joy of the events world. Yeah, is the cash flow models easy, so simple? It's, it's it's a cheap barrier to entry. Yeah, to put on events. Yeah, yeah, it is. And from a cash flow, like that's why they're not very complex businesses. Mm. They don't have to be complex. No, business doesn't have to be complex. I'd, I'd agree. It really doesn't. <laughs> it really doesn't. I keep business so simple. So simple. And it's not, there's, there's people who want to be entrepreneurs. You've got to remember back in the day when we were growing up, I wanted to be a footballer. Mm. Then you wanted to be a, a rock star or a DJ. Mm. No one even spoke about the word entrepreneur. Now it's like now, everyone's been entrepreneur. Now, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 30 years, right? And these last four or five years, I've seen every footballer friend or international rugby player friend or DJ friend or 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 someone who's a property mogul, or whatever it is. Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Footballers want to be entrepreneurs. Yes. You know? But when you, are, when you do go and set up your own business, people think there's some magic formula. There really isn't. There really isn't a magic formula. You know, they think there's a certain path you go on. There's not. It's just about problem solving. And for me, when I set up a new business, I actually enjoy the buzz of not knowing what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. So go back to your invades, because I'm really intrigued on this business model. You put on a good gig first one, you come out 25 grand, massive congratulations. There's festivals out there that don't earn that money. How many students are you in contact with in the UK at different universities? I think we're across 67 in the UK and then 83 globally now. So you've got 67 contacts at different universities around yeah, the UK? Around the UK and then 
in where are we? Uh, Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra, adding Melbourne, and then Auckland, Christchurch, Wellington, Dunedin. Wow. Where else? Uh, Hamilton. So you got the whole of the UK, Australia, and New Zealand. Let's start. Let's start. <laughs> let's start with the UK. You got sixty-seven contacts at sixty-seven universities there. Have you got soldiers on the? Have you got promoters? You got more promoters than one in each city. Yeah. So, so in each in each university in each city, we've got an events and marketing manager. So their yeah. job is to effectively run the Invades brand at their university. So they're tasked with building three teams. I want a boy and a girl in every single halls of residence. Yeah. I want to know who's the president and the social sec of every single sports club. I'd probably call, like organic engagement is yeah. what I'm interested in. Paid is great, but I think in isolation isn't overly effective. You Agreed. need you need cheerleaders. Yeah. You want people in these markets who are talking about our brand and yeah. our events. Yeah. And we've sort of approached and yes, it's really granular. Yes, you've got to have lots of conversations. But what it does do is it creates a huge like we seem bigger than we are from yeah. the off because everyone's talking about it. Yeah. And it also means that our paid spend is less. Yeah. There's less paid spend. But if we are going to spend any on on paid, it's more effective because we've got this sort of following already. Big following, an organic backup effectively to the paid mm. strategy. So mm. all we're doing is retargeting. We don't pay, do any awareness stuff. And we've done it in Sydney, Auckland. We sold out a 2000 show in Sydney in eight minutes without so, any hold paid on, social. Hold on, hold on, because this is pretty cool, right? <laughs> you're saying you're based in Battersea in London. You're using the power of Facebook and Instagram while you're sitting at home to sell out events in Auckland. It, it, yeah, and when, in, yeah. Well, it's. I think it was. Um, it was just applying that same process, and it's like, what I'd say to anyone starting an events business is like, get that case study, and build an infrastructure which is scalable. Like, can. It's just a process. It's the same. It's no, you know, those three teams will work anywhere in the world, but it's what it, three teams? So the. Halls of Residence, yep. Sports Clubs and Societies, yep. and then and the second and third years. everything in between. Yeah, but I think what what I've learned in going through all of those universities is that and all those markets is culturally they're very different, and it's giving the brand the the head event marketing manager in Sydney yeah. the power to go. Well, this is how we're going to imply the invades brand to the market. Yeah. Like Australians don't want to be seen as promoters. Like yeah. sharing stuff from their story isn't cool. Yeah. Well, if you're not going to do that, lads, like, what are you going to do then yeah. to get the word out there? Yeah. Well, if you're, you know, if you're at pre-drinks with 50 people, I want you to go around and speak to all of them. Yeah. And like, it's just adapting to what is like cool and relevant in that community. So like, if you go and sell something at Portsmouth Uni compared to Oxford or Cambridge. Yeah, it's different, isn't it? We're going to need a different yeah. team. We're going to need a different approach. Different strategy for those. Ex yeah. Different clientele, isn't it? Different. Even though they are still students. Yeah, they're still students, yeah. but it's just understanding the difference. And I think a lot of people just view it as, oh, they're a student. Well, actually, you know, did they go to a private, did they go to Eton or did they go to the comp yeah. in the East End? Yeah. Well, we need, to, we need a good balance of those two types of people. And yeah. I think those, yeah, the most successful those the most successful events and I was thinking about this on the way down here in festivals they're almost a reflection of the the original culture like yeah. for me Bournemouth Sevens is like a reflection of university sport culture yeah. full stop yeah. and that and that like it's camaraderie it's fun it's like it's just that openness of cheeky 
yeah, mm. pers personality mm. and character. And like, that's what you get in university sport. Yeah. And that's what you've sort of bottled up in Bournemouth Sevens and brought here. Mm. And everyone's part, like, you know, you're going to get, you get Bournemouth uni students, you get Exeter, you get every type of student or every type of person almost comes, mm. but they're, they're coming for that that culture that sport university culture which yeah. you've bottled up yeah. same yeah. with glastonbury it was like hippie culture wasn't yeah. it and that then moved into art and yes. then that moved into like being all environmental yeah. but like it's the same thing so it's, going back to your business model how do you find these 67 people at these 67 universities number one and then how do you pay them mm -hmm. and then what do you set up that the people from their university join a group and then they all pay via that way? So we've we've got an application process, um, application form. So I'll screen, go through all of them. Sort of, we ask them to share their social channels so you can sort of get a sense of who they are. Um, and obviously, when you first go into market, you need to find that right person. Yeah. And then in year two it's well you're graduating you're going off to pass me down go and work at pwc yeah who's the guy coming up yeah. because we pay we pay those people quite well how do you pay how how do you pay that event marketing person so i pay them a flat rate to per, bit, per per event uh, no for the year for the year i'll pay them a flat fee how much to build the team 500 quid okay go and build that team yeah brilliant but then i'll give you a percentage of the total revenue of the event good for you so then you'll go and because they walk away, some of them are walking away with two grand. Two, event. three grand, yeah. And they're going, wow, yeah. you know, that really wasn't that much work yeah. for how many pint, how many pints do you have to pull to earn two yeah. grand? Yeah, you have to sacrifice a lot. Whereas yeah. this is, and also if you find the right person, That's it's key. It's but, key, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the the right you feel they sort of a, the right person often appears Here, themselves because right. yeah. they'll be like, you know what, I love sport, I love music. And I want to be a face. I want to, um, and I know everyone. Yeah. So I'll, you know, I'll do this as a great, but you know, it's not, you know, it's probably what you, you did originally at university when yeah. you were there. Yeah. It's what I'm doing now. But if you, Red Bull do it, uh, Amazon do it. Yeah. All these big companies recognize the importance of having cool, relevant people talking on the ground, talking yeah. about your brand to people. And like, if Red Bull and Amazon do it, then, it's good enough for me. Yeah, so, same, same. So that's sort of, yeah, our strategy. And I think... It's interesting, you know. Because but rewarding people as well. You've got, like, you've got to pay. Yeah. If you, if you take if you take the mick or if you don't pay well, you get bad people. So, yeah. like, I want I want them to walk away and go, Invade's the best student job out there. Like, this is easy work, great fun, and I get really well paid for it. Yeah, and yeah. I think as long as we can be the best pay, mm. best paid job out there, we'll, we'll attract the best staff. Mm, that's great. It's interesting, we listen to this, bringing back a lot of memories for me. Because when I finished university, I was like, right, I wanna be the, first, I wanna be the pioneer of student nights. Mm. And we were. So we ended up having 12 student nights all around the country from Manchester to Birmingham, to Leicester, to Oxford, to Cambridge, to Brighton, to Bournemouth, to Exeter. To, it just went on and on mm. and on. And we'd take the door money and they'd take the bar money. But we had 12 parties every single week. Every Wednesday? No, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we had three on a Monday, three on a Tuesday, three on a Wednesday, three on a Thursday. You couldn't be everywhere. So you had to build teams of people. You had to have a lot of trust. You had to be paying people, making sure that the head doorman got extra was money. was cash, is that? Yeah, of course. I guess the whole trust thing's a bit more then. Of course. It's, ma like... it's massive trust. But you've got to have someone who's taken the money on the till who you massively trust. You've got to have the head doorman 
who you're looking after with some extra money that he's he's, he's actually got the clicker so you could marry up the clicker with the money taken yeah, on the door because yeah. I couldn't be everywhere in one place I could only be in one or two clubs a night you know and then you would have to have all the sports teams on board they would all get VIP cards that they would get queue jumped the whole of the year and, and then they would promote it to everyone else mm. then you get 2,000 people queuing up you put on all this wonderful entertainment but remember back in 2000 when I left Loughborough I then created a brand called popyourcherry.com. So I've got the Have two. Have you still got it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've, st- I've got the two uh, Pasha logos, you know, the cherries. Yeah, yeah. I've got those Pasha logos. And that's when the, the dot-com boom was around mm. in 2000. So we then created popyourcherry.com. Mm. And all of a sudden we had a website. I was like, they've got a website. You know, it's like the coolest it's thing ever. Light. Oh my God, they've got a website. But what we did, I had this real clever friend of mine who created this, um, this um, photo... I guess called an app these days, but back then it was just called a photo something. I was like, oh my God, mate, can you put that onto my website? So we'd go around taking photos, we'd have all the girls there taking photos over on that night. We'd then upload them, which would take four hours to go onto our website. And then everyone would go back onto the poppycherry.com to see their photos, which increased the marketing again. That they yeah. knew for next week that they'd be back for another entertainment night or a, a DJ led night or a, or a someone from Big Brother back then, you know? Mm. You know, that's how we did it. But, how you're doing it is pretty much the same. Just with different technology. With different technology, yeah. which is crazy. It's amazing. And I, then what you're doing, you're shipping people from 67 unis to different sporting events that they can't get access to. Mm. And the owners of these sporting events can't get access to your Gen Z clientele. So it's a win-win for everyone. But they can't access Like, you know, they're not using these platforms and they're not, uh, they're not aware of how those people are buying events and i think or experiences i actually think as well coming out of covid the experiences sector is just is so it's going to boom it is people have been starved it's booming i've never seen tickets sell so quickly in my life (laughs) for the r festival i've never seen tickets sell so quickly for all the other festivals happening around the uk right now anyone who wants to get into the events industry must do it now because there are so many opportunities about to open it's that thing of turning your customer, like what you did with Pop Your Cherry in the website. Yeah. It's like turning your customer into a billboard that they'll, oh, that's a picture. Oh, I want to show people. I Absolutely. Want to and like we're living in this, because of social media, you've got even more ability to turn your customer into a billboard yeah. if you give them an Instagrammable experience, yeah. which is what you do with Bournemouth 7s, creating those photo, yeah. photo ops. But then also, I, th- I don't know if you've seen it, but like Gen Z and millennials, they don't, you know, people previously would want to buy a nice handbag or you know a gucci belt or something yeah. like that this generation don't they want experiences and they want yeah. stuff they want to share with people yeah. and like it switched from being materialistic possession based yeah. to being like experiences and things they can do with their friends and like i think it's a good shift i think it's a great shift i'm hoping and that's why for our sector it's brilliant yeah because we agree and you know what's happened in the events industry as well because of covid you've got Many people are 30, 40, 50 have been in the events industry. I've got families and kids mm. have been not no money coming in. They're thinking, I need to get out of the events industry because of COVID mm. and the pandemic. They've gone and found another industry, which has opened massive doors now for the young next generation coming through to take these jobs. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's really, sh- really mad. The market's massively been shaken up. I think it's a hugely positive thing. And anyone who's getting into events right now, this is your time. Yeah, now yeah. for the next three, four, five years, this is your time to get in now and make a name for yourself. Definitely. And you look at, like, events isn't, the sector I feel is, is, is not overlooked, but it's not 
maybe given the credibility it often deserves. You know, there's listed companies like Live Nations, a massive multinational listed billion dollar company. Yeah. They own Ticketmaster as well. But that is that all started probably with one guy, and I I just think yeah if if you if you can be smart in the events industry, you can do really well, Agreed. really well, and that's hopefully where your where your course and I think can just give give people a leg up basically yeah. because you're 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 using all of this knowledge from all these people who've been there, done it, got the t-shirt, yeah. and then you can apply that to where we are now, and with all of that historic knowledge and their knowledge of you know TikTok, Snapchat, all of the social channels, yeah. I think yeah. People could be really successful. Yeah, I hope they are. I think I want more people to get into the events industry, and I, I'm a massive advocate of the events industry, as you know, because that's mm. my world. That's all I know. That's what I know and I love. Mm. Um, I think I want to know. I still keep coming back to your business model because I'm fascinated by it. Because mm. you're pulling people in from all over the place. Give me some more examples of other events you're taking students to, and I want to know how you get paid. So we. How do the students pay to say uh, I'm definitely going? Uh, so do you we, set up groups or what, how does it work? Uh, no, so we use sort of uh, a messenger, automated messenger service uh, called ManyChat. Yeah. And it'd be like, welcome, Dodge. What do you want to learn about today? Bournemouth Seven, like entry. Uh, okay. Team it, and then it takes you down ah. the the route effectively. So okay. I want to know more about that, and then it will give you information on that. Okay. So we're using ManyChat and messenger bots as a way for people to for pre-release tickets and then we're we're giving people early access it's age-old like event promotion yeah. techniques effectively um they then get sent a link before general sale so we've you the facebook is the main page so like an early bird it's effectively a pre-sale yeah. for them they then get the link an hour before general sale then get directed to fixer which has their and we're separating tickets out so you've got entry tickets and transport tickets yeah um, it all goes onto their app, and then we partner with um, National Express and Stagecoach, who run all of our transport. They come to the bus, scan onto the bus, make their journey, make their way to the stadium, then get scanned in at the stadium or the venue where we're at, get a wristband, and go to the invades area, have a party, come back, bus back to where they started. Brilliant. Um, so that's yeah. So and that all goes. So all of those universities, you're taking them. What's give me another event you've taken people to? So. Uh, be Ascot, for example. We did 12 universities to oh, Ascot. Wow. So coming in from Bournemouth, Southampton, Portsmouth, Brighton, and then all the London unis, Oxford, Reading. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, that Ascot was really successful. How many um, people did you get that day? That was 2,000. Um, how much a ticket? How much was a ticket? Yeah. Uh, Including transport? £29. Include, depending on like where they really come good, from. It seemed like a really good price. I, tried, I genuinely think we're a volume business yeah. and we we can still make good margin. I could I probably could charge more, but the fundamental like my core problem I was solving is making sport affordable, convenient, and exciting. Yeah. And the minute we start going, it's more expensive to than going direct. Then yeah. I know you can't do that. Yeah. yeah. It's I just think yeah we we've, we've got to stick to those core principles. Um, so how much would you how much you have cleared net profit on that event Ascot event? It depends on the roughly. Depends which uh, route they're coming from. Um, but yeah, good, good money, like more than the Nottingham one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and how many how many events have you put on so far? Uh, how many put on? I couldn't probably over forty. I'd say. Yeah. I couldn't 
yeah, I don't to go through. And it's a it's a brilliant business model you've got, and it feel it feels like you've got it to a T. It feels like when I look into your brand and and see the way you're operating it, you know, you're operating it by yourself. Yeah, largely. Yeah, which is amazing, and keep it that way for as long as you can, <laughs> because it's working as it is. It's it's a, a high gross profit and high net profit business. <laughs> so there's nothing I would really change about it. Is there anything that you look in and go, oh, I'd like to change this or tweak this about about it, or would you like to get to more prestige events, or do you like hit, do you like hitting that niche market of horse racing or dogs or cricket or? I think we want to go into. I want a brand which uh, does all sports. I think invades. We can go to any. We can go to the Highland Games. We can go to. You know, we go to Ash. We go to Lords. We can go to. Just doing uh, potentially doing a deal with West Ham. So yeah, I think we we want to have a brand which can go to any sports, but I, th I think longer term is develop it as a media brand which does events. Yeah, I think that's what you know. Um, it's what you're doing really through Bournemouth Sevens and also your personal brand and the podcast is sort of you know the more people who hear about either you or Bournemouth Sevens or the podcast yeah. will then buy a ticket to the festival and yeah. that's how you get paid and it's like converting views into pound notes. Yeah. And that's what I think Matchroom and Eddie Hearn have done so well. Is and don't they're forget, a media Don't brand. forget Barry Hearn. Barry Hearn. Barry Daddy. Hearn is the legend. He's the one who set it up. 40 yeah. years of Matchroom. But they've just... And like, Eddie's done phenomenally well in boxing as well. But they like, they sort of redefine the sport. Yeah. They, you know, no one was really watching darts before. Yeah. They and, took darts and yeah. look at it now. Well, look at boxing. Boxing was dead for about 10 years until Eddie grabbed it again. Yeah. And now he's become the biggest promoter in the world, you know, because he's got a wonderful product and he's got AJ on his book. So he's got many other people in his stable, mm. you know. So if you create, I think for me looking back is if you create a really strong brand and build a great team around you and you've got a good product, it should sell. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what, yeah, that's what he's done in, you know, Matram's just... So have you used the same business model when you go to Australia and New Zealand? Exactly the yeah, same yeah. business model. Exactly go and find the, the main people on campus, tie them up with $500 or £500. They go and build the team for you. You then sell tickets via your app. They all turn up, have a great time, and you yeah. wave goodbye to the next event. Yeah, that's, it's just finding, it's just a challenge of doing business over there and all the boring stuff like, not boring, like registering for tax, registering for your GST, um, who's the bus transport provider what's the insurance like the insurance rules are different over there the law's mm. different mm. the paperwork like there's quite a lot of challenges launching a business would you would you there. knowing what you know now would you do it again or would you stick 100%. to the uk 100 percent. i wouldn't do america that's really what do you do out there i do i wouldn't mind baseball, baseball american football american football football is actually an opportunity over soccer there. Soccer bar because they haven't got any. No one watches it. No, exactly, it's a good opportunity. They just pack out. Even Bex can't sell it. No, no. So I think I can sell it. Cornish Bex, failed Cornish Bex thinks he can sell it. Um, so but you yeah, go, do you want to hit America? Just they've got. Why loads, not? They've got loads of stadiums. Florida University is like one hundred twenty thousand students or something wild. And their their stadiums are like massive, bigger than our national stadiums for their university sport. Yeah. That all, we need young people and we need oversupply of capacity. Yeah. So, yeah, I think US um, having some conversations for South Africa got approached by a race course in Germany a couple of weeks back. Wow. But I just don't know if it's no. like cult English speaking. Yeah. 
is, you can understand yeah. it a bit more. But when you've got a language barrier, oh god, painful. I don't know how it would work. Mm. I quite like. It'd be quite exciting to go and try and launch. Stick to your English countries. Enough yeah. out. There's enough out there. <laughs> Worrying about going to Germany and France and Spain. I think you. I think you've built something really, really nice. Regarding, you know, you come and did a, a guest uh, a talk today on our on our new brand that we're launching called the Event Crowd, mm -hmm. which is an online events course, mm -hmm. which people can do in three months versus going to university and doing an event management course, which you can do in three years. You don't need, the world is changing and those institutions aren't the be all and end all, which they used to be, and which is how almost society has been set up to teach you, do your A-level, do your GCSEs, do your A-levels, go to university. And I think now we're starting to, like people are having careers and creating great businesses, falling outside of that very prescribed channel. Um, I think what's exciting about it is it's, it's blending academic, almost academia with real life. And if you want to uh, learn to swim, you don't read a book, yeah. you jump in, right? Yeah. Jump in the pool and swim. Yeah. And it's the same with this. I think what you're doing is blending academic theory with real life application. And you can't really put a value on the experience because yeah. the you know academics don't have real world experience yeah. without being too harsh mm. and clear cut on it well we've had, we've bought 30 of the industry experts from around the uk mm. people have worked on glastonbury festival reading festival chelsea football club the olympics the marathon the list just goes on and on and on mm. and we've been working on this now for a year mm. and we want to make it so robust and make it something that people are like wow mm. i don't you're telling me i don't have to go to uni yeah, you're yeah. telling me that i can get a diploma with you and certificates and you're going to open doors for me once i finished mm. so is that sort of the so from a career standpoint, you'll either they'll have the tools to set up their own event company. Yeah, you can you can do this course and it can be like a business in a box where you learn yeah. how to do uh, create a brand, plan an event, market an event, sell an event, put an event on and learn loads about everything like that. But also if you want to get into the events industry, you're going to learn about event management plans, marketing strategies, um, selling strategies, it just goes on and on, health and safety. Everything you need to know about the events industry, we're putting together in one package mm. at a fraction of the cost and a fraction of the time. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it works. It definitely works. I want to just help the next generation of events people coming through. I wish mm. I had this 20-odd years ago. Mm. I've never had a mentor or anything like that. I've just learned everything by doing it as we do. Yeah, yeah. You know, same as yourself. And there's many out there, but there's many people believe there's a massive myth out there. You've got to go and do a degree to get into the events industry. It's not the truth. Yeah, definitely. Don't. It's not the truth. And that's why we've created this. We've solved a problem, essentially. And yeah. created the event crowd where people can go, I want to do this course. Mum, dad, can you pay for me? How long? Three months. What are you going to get from it? Our diploma certificates. And you're going to be in the community with the event crowd from the owner of Bournemouth Sevens and his team and access to everything that we're about. Uh, how's it distributed? So they watch it. They have videos. Do they have calls with like... You know, their tutor? Do they have yeah. tutors? Yeah, yeah, we have tutors. They mm. have tutors. They finish, they uh, do an exam. There's seven modules. Mm. It's been rubber stamped by Chartered Institute of Marketing, CIM. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, which allows us to go global. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we're in a really exciting place at the moment and we're super excited to launch this. Mm. No, I, th I, th I think a lot of our, you know, the people who work part of our brand would be in really interested in yeah. it. And yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. Because no, one, no one's doing it. Yeah. No one's no one's never doing it. No, no one's doing it, and it's um, there's a huge gap in the market. Just finish up with you here, Invades. Where can people find Invades? 
uh, and so, find you uh, www.invase.co.uk yep. or I'm on LinkedIn um, and yeah on Instagram Facebook TikTok and Twitter brilliant um, but yeah if anyone wants to reach out have a chat yeah I've heard Always some I've heard some amazing stories there the people that I know who are who have been students working for us here said went to Invase and they had the best time of their life for those oh, days. So brilliant. huge respect to you for what you've done. You've got a massive gap in the market. Don't lose focus on that gap. I know you said you want to create a media this and media that. Don't lose focus on what you're doing because the money you're earning now is really hard to earn in the events industry on the scale of what you're doing. Focus in, home in, and find one person who's going to be your right-hand person. That's your next step, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. That's really helpful, yeah. Josh. No worries Thanks, at all. Dom, it's been a delight having you in. Yeah. And um, I will see you at Bournemouth Sevens. Oh, yeah, definitely. Top cool. man. Good man. Cheers, mate. Take care. Cheers.